With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the SCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah, and who's about? So listen to Professor. This is Dr. Mill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing well, Doc. Another uh, weekend of great basketball action. Looking forward to uh, uh, all that's coming up as far as news and more basketball action this weekend. So it's been a good weekend. Mike and yourself? Awesome. Awesome week, Doc. Not only a not only a lot of uh, exciting basketball, but some, some news, some tidbits that, you know, CB and myself are excited to get out on the wire. So great week. Well, uh, looks like Omicron is starting to at least timmer off a little bit and hopefully it'll continue that trend. Hopefully we'll get to the place we can get back to normal, but ready to get back into some HBCU basketball and other spring sports. Yep. I know. I no longer know what, Normal is. I'm just going to be truthful about it. <laughs> Move that aside. But great points, and it's good to hear both of y'all doing well. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As you know, I say welcome. Welcome to episode 232 of Inside HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports for institutions, large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios, sending a student signal live to KCUA Short 30 AM studios with Texas Radio Hall of Fame, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me go straight to Charles. What's on your mind? Yeah, well, let's go with uh, the big news of the day as the Colonial Athletic Association announced. (laughs) You could just say CA. Oh, you're right. The CAA announced that Hampton University, Monmouth University, and Stony Brook University have accepted membership invitations to join the conference as of July 1st, 2022. We are pleased to welcome Hampton, Monmouth, and Stony Brook as the newest members of the CAA. CAA Commissioner Joe D'Antonio said all three institutions fit perfectly into the framework of the conference vision that calls for our membership to work together to advance nationally competitive athletic programs coupled with outstanding academic programs that empower student-athletes as whole persons to strive at the highest level in every aspect of their lives. So that is a statement from the CAA. Yeah, I got to watch the taking of the press conference. I will say it was interesting. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I'll leave it at that. Mike, Mike Washington, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's interesting. I think there's more to come with that announcement. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So, all right, no doubt, no doubt. Well, with that being said, what's on your mind? 
news of the day. That would that would make the assumption that that I actually have some news. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you may have seen that A and M, the band. There's lots of news, but let's talk about the band. A couple of band uh, features here. Uh, the preview AM Marching Storm, the Marching Storm, to be featured in this network docuseries aired last night on CW39. That's the Chicago based station. So uh, it ordered its uh, second series. Uh, the CW has actually its second series against or kind of chronicling the HBCU experience. Uh, network has a green light, so eight episodes are centered around the Prairie View, the Prairie View A&M University marching band, the Marching Storm. So it debuted. Of course, it will switch to February once we get into the moods of February, but Monday, eight to nine Eastern Standard Time, uh, and then it will, I think, move to, and once again into February. It will move to, I think. Sundays at 9 uh, to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, saw the first episode, really good focus on all aspects of the student band experience, not only about Prairie but at the, you know, at a typical HBCU, because there are going to be some issues that and, and commonalities across all band students. So I'm glad they didn't just focus on the band aspect. They focus on the lives of these young individuals. They focus on the culture. They focus on the uniqueness of the band. So very good. If you don't, if you get a chance, please check it out. You don't have to be a preview fan. Be a band fan. You know, be a HBCU band fan. So again, so right now, eight to nine on Mondays, and once we get into February, it'll move to nine to ten Eastern Standard Time. The March is the name of the show. Good deal. Good deal. I want to get into some more conference churning. Man, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Yeah, I saw you. GCAC. GCAC. Punches yep. back. Dr. Kiki Barnes punches mm. back a little bit, too. Uh, they extended membership to Oakwood University, Wiley College, and Southern University. Yeah, that is Oakwood University now. It used to be Oakwood College for a lot of folks. What's intriguing to me, obviously, now the GCAC goes to eight members, uh, maintains um, their automatic bid to postseason play in terms of the NIA with at least um, basketball, women's basketball, some of the other sports where they have a minimum of six. But if you recall, it was Xavier, and they left, but they went to the Red River Athletic Conference that they felt was more conducive. Obviously, the HBCUs there were in that conference, Houston Tillerson, Jarvis Christian College. Uh, they're seeking to become Jarvis Christian University. Uh, that's Houston Tillerson University. You have Paul Quinn College, right? You have mm -hmm. Texas College. Mm-hmm. And you used to have Wiley College. Mm -hmm. Wiley College, as you heard from the announcement, has left the Red River Athletic Conference into the GCAC. So it's almost like Xavier University and Wiley College flipped. So I thought that was fascinating from that perspective. Obviously, Langston at one time used to be in the Red River Athletic Conference. And they left some time ago as they joined mostly other Oklahoma uh, universities in the Sooner Athletic conference. And so it's interesting when you talk about this churning and regionalization and things of that nature, that you have schools like North Carolina A&T, which is the largest HBCU, following the model that you see oftentimes at the NIA level in terms of the regionality, in terms of smaller private HBCUs. So that's fascinating that you see that, but now you see a flip to some degree with uh, Wiley College moving back. So I want to shout out to the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, what is now uh, a um, conference that includes all HBCUs and doesn't necessarily get the shout out that we often see with SWAC, uh, MEAC, SIAC, CIAA, um, and they got a big one. When you do those kind of moves, that's big, big. Obviously, Southern University New Orleans is big to hear them in terms of the conference because, as you remember, there was some struggle as they dropped sports. Now they brought, brought 
the sports back. And now they've joined or rejoined, if you would, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference and Oakwood University that had dipped down to Division Two for some while. Um, uh, Division Three, I should say, uh, also associated with the private association, but now they decide to get in and fill out their uh, NIA application, and it looks like they'll be moving to the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. I did want to ask uh, you, Charles, what are your thoughts on that a little bit? Well, they get their presence um, back in, in the state of Texas with Wiley uh, coming uh, back into the fray and Oakwood as well. So uh, it, looks, it looks like uh, from a geographic uh, standpoint, those uh, schools coming into the GCAC, they have a they fit and you look to see what they bring to that conference. Mike, any thoughts for yourself on that? No, it's, it's a very strategic move. So, so you know, you know, while with Wiley joining in, as 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 CB put it, and with Oakwood coming in, they have more of a presence in kind of the Texas area, the Red River area. So, uh, I think you know, proving this is more of a formality. Uh, but I think I think it's a great strategic strategic move for the GCAC. But it serves as an example as to how conferences are now approaching league expansions. I think it kind of gives you kind of an idea at, in, term, in terms of the factors they're looking at. Are they looking at regionality? What's the focus? So it may be different for some conferences, but this is one more example. They're looking at regionality. They may be looking at travel. They may be looking at market fit. They may, looking at, may be looking at what schools fit within the, the, the frame of their conference. So I think it's a, a great move for the GCAC. I think it's a strategic move. You mentioned you mentioned punchback, Doctor. Yeah, yeah I, I I meant that because from the stand work is like, you know, I know Doctor Kiki Baker Barnes was shocked in a lot of ways when Xavier made the move. And it wasn't quite as open and not the study that you have to be there. So the fact that not that she was looking to do that, but that you get into somebody else's backyard in a conference that obviously Xavier thought was a better fit for whatever reason, as Mike puts out there. Uh, but then you have the vice versa or why the college sees that it's a better fit to go to Go Coast Athletic Conference. It's interesting. One of the backstories I tell the people to always think about that, yes, a lot of this is important by some of the factors that Mike talks about. Certainly what I bring to the table when you look at conference expansion uh, in terms of regionality, if that's what you're looking at, cultural fit is another one, obviously. Academics is a fit. But oftentimes it boils down to the president and the board, more so the president, because oftentimes if there's a good relationship with the board, the board essentially ratifies what direction the president wants to make for their or her or his strategic plan in terms of where the university is doing. And if you follow NEI and the presidents that are associated uh, with Dillard, Xavier, a lot of those presidents have a great relationship and cluster. So I'm intrigued to see how the relationship between Dr. Kimbrough at Dillard University, even though he's leaving, may have played a role in terms of the president at Wiley College. They have a very good working relationships, along with the president, Dr. Smothers, that's over there at um, Arkansas, not Arkansas Baptist, excuse me, um, uh, in Arkansas up there. So it's fascinating when you start thinking about those relationships, what are they looking like? So I'm very intrigued about how that moves forward in some of those case studies when we um, look and see what's going on. And I meant Philanna Smith as what I was referenced when I was talking about Arkansas. So with that being said, I'm going to jump back to you, Charles. Any other news that you wanted to share out there? Yeah, let's take a look at the Basketball Weekly Honors here in the SWAC. We'll start on the women's side of the ball. The SWAC is tabbed Alabama AM, and Lewis and Jackson State's Amisha Williams Holiday for SWAC Women's Basketball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performances. Let's take a look. Uh, Player of the Week, Darianna Lewis had back-to-back dominating double-double performances this past week against Texas Southern. She scored 26 points while collecting 18 rebounds against Prairie View. She contributed 17, uh, 27 points. Uh, for the Lady Bulldogs while tallying 10 rebounds. So for the week, she averaged 26.5 points per game along with 14 rebounds. And the impact player of the week was Amisha Williams Holiday, dominated under the basket, back-to-back double-double performances while shooting 62% uh, from the field, averaging 21.5 points per game and 10.5 rebounds. 
for Jackson State in victories over Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M. So those were your players of the week on the women's side of the swag and impact players of the week. Why'd you, why'd you have to say uh, against Prairie View? You threw emphasis and be like, against Prairie View. You just have to. <laughs> you threw emphasis on that. I mean, I'm sorry. My, my bad. <laughs> I do want to get into some. I didn't of, catch uh, it. <laughs> I was like, ouch, yeah. that hurt. I, I know I know they're not doing well, but man, did you? <laughs> you were like, against Prairie View. I was like, man. So, uh, Charles, you did the women's, uh, Mike, you have men? Uh, yeah, but Are can, you want to let Charles j- jump in and get a men as well? So I'll see, go ahead and get a men. he's on a roll and he's able yeah, to. Yeah, since you're on a roll. Well, watch this. Since you're on a roll. Swag men's basketball weekly honors. The swag has tapped. in spectacular fashion, 72 to 48. He also had a key double-double uh, contributor for Purdue versus Alabama State Tally. It's 10 points and six rebounds for the week. Average 20 points to go along with six and a half rebounds. And in play prayer of the week, uh, Terrell Williams Jr., 17 and a half points uh, per game over the past two contests as Southern with wins over UAPB and Mississippi Valley. Get this, he was 14 to 17 from the field over that two-game span while helping the Jags remain in first place in the conference standing. So shout out to those two guys for uh, Player of the Week and Impact Player of the Week. The Southern Jaguars, they're playing some basketball right now. Great point. Before we get in this break, I did want to talk about North Carolina A&T track and field. That, that was my point. Indoor. That's what you wanted to say out there? Yeah, that's uh, what I, I want to bring out some track and field. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm talking about spring sports here, but it's not just about basketball. The United States Track and Field uh, uh, Cross Country Association released its first national poll of the season for men's and women's NCAA division track and field on Monday. The North Carolina A&T men's indoor team debuted by earning its second highest ranking ever as the fourth ranked team in the nation. And I saw this in some of the chats. So the men, the indoor men debuted last season at number two. The women debuted the poll ranked number 33. On the men's side, the University of Texas is the top ranked team, followed by Kentucky, Texas Tech, and North Carolina A&T, and Northern Arizona. A&T secured its fourth ranking by having five top rankings, led by Junior Randolph Jr.'s top ranking uh, in the 400 meters. Ross Jr. ran the fastest time globally on January 14th at the University of Clemson. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's telling. I can he's just stop right yeah. there. I can just yeah, stop right telling. there. That, that, that's amazing. And they said wow. this is actually their highest ranking, uh, getting up to fourth ranked team in the nation. That is incredible and amazing. With that being said, let me give a shout out before we go to this break and get into the second <laughs> quarter. Uh, we have Sherman Miller, Lonnie Shaw, Chuck Hunt, out here getting it in. Kevin Crawford, Juan C. says, Juan C. Hill, I should say, says, what's up, Doc? No doubt about it. Willie Alex Hines in the building. Who else we got in here? Noel Price. G-Boom Holly always in here checking us out. George Walker, Anthony Mackey, Santora Black, Fred Whitty, Edwin Dwight Moore, Christopher Darrell. I see y'all. I see y'all. We're in here deep. Karen Griffin, as always. Appreciate it. Oh, Matt Bradford. I see you in there, Matt. Eric Evans. The lab is on fire tonight. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let's get into this break, and we'll bring right back so we can dig into some of this basketball play. Man, it was an incredible weekend. Big-time games and big-time shots, multiple shots that go down to the buzzer on Saturday. Man, it was incredible if you were in the building at any of those places. Let's get into it. We'll take this break and we'll be right back into our second quarter. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker upper. 
Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love, love, and root about, about. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. With Inside the HBC Sports Club with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Let's get into some of the basketball. We're gonna start with the Division One, and we're gonna start with the women's sugar is not dead. Let's go to the Big South, and we're going to talk both a little bit about North Carolina A&T Aggies, the Lady Aggies, as they're um, in action tonight. And we're going to also talk about Hampton in terms of what's mm. going on over there in the play over there. When you look at what took place in terms of Saturday, man, Aggies on a two-game win streak, um, got it done over Winthrop, and really, beat him up pretty good there, 87 to 64. So after starting out slow in the conference, Jamani Ingram, for example, put up 18 points in terms of Wintour, but it was Sarika McNeil that put up 26 points, giving them the business going 10 to 19 to help the Aggies get it done in that matchup. So as I said, they have a two-game win streak, but they improved to two and three in the conference. Um, sitting in the middle of it, if not towards the bottom, but playing basketball pretty good of late. Got a chance to really make a statement tonight. We'll see what that looks like as they are 5-10 and 10 overall. Hampton is a little better at 2-2, two and two, uh, but they on a two-game losing streak. So they're struggling a little bit there, which included on Saturday, I lost a high point, which was 71-45. Mm. Um, taking care of business, obviously. Uh, Madison, Buford was 4-14 for just 13 points to let you know how they kind of struggled uh, in those kind of matchups. And then you got the fact that you have some of these COVID matches, so they're playing a lot of games. Then they come back on Monday in terms of uh, what happened earlier yesterday as they lose to Camel, 69-51. to 51. So struggling a little bit after starting off 2-0. They fall two and I mean, fall two straight, 2-2. Two and two. Let me go to you, Charles, first, and just what are your thoughts on Aggies, Hampton, in terms of what they're getting done on the women's side in the Big South? Yeah, big game for uh, the Ag Lady Aggies uh, Saturday. You talk about uh, Shannon Scott coming off the bench, 18 points and 14 rebounds, uh, nice double-double. 
uh, Hampton is the head scratcher for me. Uh, they could not find the rim for nothing over the past couple of games. Uh, when you talk about only scoring uh, 45 points against High Point, a team that was only three and two in the Big South, and then uh, they weren't in the game against Camel either. So uh, tough stretch that uh, for the Lady Pirates over the past weekend. Yeah, Lady Pirates are five and two at home, but they're struggling at just one and six on the road. Six and eight overall, so they're in the mix in terms of being able to do it. But um, they're in the middle of it. They're, they're in the sixth spot right now, two ahead of A&T, but uh, obviously behind five teams. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of Hampton and A&T, uh, what they're getting done in the Big South on the women's side? Well, if you look at it offensively, North Carolina A&T is scoring about 65 points a game. The leading team in the league, I think, in terms of scoring, I think it's Longwood. They're scoring 68. Uh, Hampton is scoring 57, but they're allowing their opponents to score 60-61. So there's a defensive problem there. The, the, the also problem with Hampton, you know, is they you, – you know, they, they've lost two. You know, they have, you know, really only two – a couple of scores, Nyla Young – uh, who's averaging 14 points a game. And I believe uh, Madison Buford, who's playing really well, North Carolina A&T, on the other hand, has two or three players that are playing really well. Jasmine Harris, of course, averaging 12 points a game. And then, of course, <clears throat> you have uh, Shannon Scott, who's averaging, you know, 14 points a game. And they have a couple of others, uh, Sharika McNeil, who are stepping up to the plate. But if you look at scoring, you have more scoring on the North Carolina A&T. They're more competitive. That's why they're in the middle of the pack whereas you know you kind of scratch your head as cb alluded to and wonder what's going on particularly on the defensive side let's shift to the uh ovc tennessee state uh they split their thursday saturday matchup uh they lost their last contest which was really the big one to austin p because they sit tied with them at five and two but they lose that head-to-head tiebreaker and pushes them out of that spot where they've been right there with belmont if they got it done so it was really tough. I got to see um, that game, a lot of it. And while they got a big victory over Southeast Missouri State, 68-53, it was Saturday where they were leading for the majority of that game until late in the game, uh, and then kind of went back and forth. Austin P was able to get it done late in the contest as they win that game 72-69. So that threw me off a little bit when you talk about that. But that's what's going on in terms of uh, what you look uh, much of the OBC. Let's get into the MEAC a little bit more in terms of what took place there. So there's big matchups, big games uh, that were going on in terms of that Saturday split. Obviously, we came in there looking to see what Norfolk State was going to do. To some degree, we wanted to see what Morgan State um, in terms of Saturday. Uh, you got Norfolk State beating up on Coppin. State 71-60, to 60, big win there. Morgan State was 67 uh, to 61 over Howard. Some people may have thought a little upset there, but then you had that game on Monday where you had the Morgan State, Norfolk State. Norfolk State got it done winning by 12, 64 to 52. So when you look at the standings in terms of what's going on in the MEAC, you have Norfolk State sitting at 3 0, 7 7. That probably doesn't surprise many people, but South Carolina State sitting at 3 0 in the conference, uh, 3 and 14 overall. So there are three games that they won in the conference, and they're sitting tied with Norfolk State. So credit to South Carolina State as they are getting it done in conference. They had a big win over Maryland Eastern Shore. That was on the road, 54-50. to And then on Monday, they follow it up with a victory over Delaware State, 53-48. to So those teams that are struggling, they found a way to get it done against them. So it puts them at 3-0. and So fascinating to see what's going on there. Let me start with you, Mike. Any thoughts in terms of the MEAC race uh, looking at the women there? I think Maryland Eastern Shore is a, a surprise to me. You look at the race, I still think it's wide open game, but Maryland Eastern Shore, I mean, you look at their, you know, they're leading across the board in a couple of areas. Um, so I, I wonder if they're out for the count. You know, they, you know, 63 points a game. Morgan State's averaging 61. And then you look at, you know, top defenses. It's the same three. It's Morgan State, Norfolk State, and Maryland Eastern Shore. So you wonder when it comes to tournament time, Who's going to really rise above and really, you know, show, you know, what they're made of? Uh, the the other st- stat along the line is is kind of, you know, rebounding and and, and field goals. So yeah, you look, yeah, you got to look at it. Maryland Eastern Shore, you know, field goal percentage they're at forty three percent, 
And then, you know, there's a couple of stats where they're up. So I don't think we went into this season expecting that from the Maryland Eastern Shore women's basketball team. That's the one big surprise, at least to this point in the season. I want to get your thoughts on that, Charles. Morgan State over Howard. A little bit of upset to me, 67-61. So they said 2-1. and one. Uh, Did that give you any pause or was some other games that you were looking at more? South Carolina State, that's the one that kind of jumps out for me. They come into <laughs> conference play, you know, on 14, and all of a sudden they're 3-0 and in conference play. Uh, and right, nice, right. They could come out and get a, a nice win over uh, Delaware State uh, this past Monday. But uh, you talk about Jaya Hicks. Uh, she got all of her uh, three-point shots. Uh, she got hot. They out-rebounded the, uh, the Hornets of uh, 50-39. So uh, you take your hat off to South Carolina State. They bear watching going forward. Uh, like I said, you know, 0-14 uh, and coming into conference play, but you get off to a hot start in conference play. Like you said, tied right there with Norfolk State, right up, right up there at the top of the division. Do we, well, think South is, do we think South Carolina State's going to make the distance, though? That's my question. No, hard. but we can celebrate them where they are. I mean, we'll, we'll get a chance. We're going to follow week to week. But I understand what you're saying. It not, don't get too sad. It's not going to last too long. I got it. It's a data point. It's a data point. <laughs> <laughs> let's go over here to the SWAC uh, before we get into the men uh, and get into this break. But I did want to make sure that uh, Jackson State I'm just amazed. I know it, it, it's becoming apparent. It's just what they do, but still. Uh, they take on Bethune-Cookman, and they say, okay, get it done, 82 to 49. Monday, you know, you get those Monday concerns, as Charles likes to talk about on the road. They go in <laughs> the FAMU, FAMU. It's like, all right, a little bit of rivalry here, at least in football, certainly not on women's basketball, because it's 90 to 34. Let me say that again. 90 to 34. Um, when you break it down, they had two quarters where they only scored seven points. As you go deeper in the game, usually, you know, you start putting the subs in. Somebody's able to score. It didn't work. It didn't owe home just to make sure they showed you that they were serious. In the second quarter, they only allowed eight. The first quarter is when they were just getting warmed up. They gave them 12. I mean, I've never seen anything quite like this in a long time, especially in terms of a conference race. I'm just amazed. You know, you got to give some shout out to Jackson State in terms of what they're getting done. Obviously, Southern is right there, 61. They're winning quietly, but, you know, it's impressive. I mean, you just got to put it out there. It's impressive. Women, you know, men's basketball, that's impressive. Wake up the echoes of Sadie McGee, Shirley Walker. Uh, I'm telling you what uh, Jackson State's head basketball coach, Tamika Reed, is doing with this program. It's nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, Doc, they had a 30-point third quarter, you know, and then they they locked down FAMU for only seven points. I mean, you, you take a look well, at – Say that again. FAMU scored how many total points, 34? And they had a 30-point quarter? Uh, Jackson had a 30-point quarter in the third quarter, and they held FAMU to only seven points in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. I mean, when they can do, when they lock you down, they lock you down. So uh, it, it was a, a a Monday night statement, if you will, uh, something to help the football guys. Hey, hey, we, we did uh, your turn next. One of those type things. So uh, it, it, I tell you what, it, it's very impressive, and what uh, Misha Williams Holiday is able to do night in, night out, uh, double double machine. Uh, Deja Rogan knocking shots down. They get bench support as well. Uh, they're just a total team package. Uh, it'll be very uh, worth watching. Uh, Deja Roden uh, twisted her ankle a little bit uh, in that Monday night matchup. We'll see how her health is going forward. But uh, uh, it should be very interesting. They are have been a dominant 7-0 and start. Man, you talking about just looking for something, somebody to twist the ankle. You beat people by 50 points, whatever. Well, you know, you got plenty of time to get well. <laughs> I mean, you're right. <laughs> but let's look at some of the other teams that I go to you, Mike. Uh, it's interesting to me because you had Alabama a and They did really well on this Texas road trip. They won two straight. Alabama State did the opposite. They lost two straight. Grambling quietly has won three straight games. Uh, Pine Bluff, as we thought they righted the ship, they've lost two. So PV split, uh, including their loss to Alabama A&M in all these close games, and Texas Southern split. So look what you have after you get past uh, Jackson State and Southern. You have – Alabama State, Alabama A&M, and Grambling is four and three. We're not finished yet because you have Pine Bluff, Prairie View, and Texas Southern all sitting at four and four. 
Um, so it's a glut in terms of the middle of the road there. And obviously at the bottom you have uh, one and four Alcorn. Actually, one and five is they forfeited that game. One and six Bethune-Cookman and one and seven, if you would, Valley. So struggling, um, noticeably difference in even FAMU sitting at three and four right there, even though they got beat their least um, in there to some degree. What are you, what are you saying about the SWAC in terms of women, Mike? Well, again, there's parity. I want to see that 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 January 31st matchup between Southern and Jackson State. It's gonna be good. That that should be a good one. Um, Where is that game? That's in Jackson. That's oh, that's, that's in Jackson. <laughs> yeah, so, try to sell me on it. Try to sell me on it, Mike. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. What what what? But what Jackson State is doing is. Man, they I think this last game they had what 35 points coming off the bench. Off the yeah. bench. 50, yeah. 55 of their points coming in in the paint. They had five, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five players in double figures. There has been no team, probably except Southern in a few games, that has done that. Have that many players in double figures. That shows depth. That'll be important going into it. So there is Jackson Especially State. Especially when, when Charles want to talk about somebody turning an ankle. Yeah. So there's there's Jackson State. <laughs> there there's oh yeah Southern you may be good and then there's the rest of the field. So right. What, right. Yeah. So, so I mean. Yeah, nothing. I know. I know he gonna sell me on this rivalry. I believe in the rivalry, but. Coach don't have these women focused. I don't want to hear all that. <laughs> yeah, she will. Yeah. She will. I give you that. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be good, yeah. but it's Coach, entertaining. If they can Coach keep it close for yeah. half, yeah. I'm in it. But I, I I, don't buy it right now. I think we need to start recognizing what Jackson State is doing uh, in terms of this particular year, this part of history. is something that we need to recognize. We're over on it, but great comments. So I wanted to get it in, particularly for the women. Um, they need more shine, so that's why I wanted to make sure we put that, that focus. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into the third quarter. We'll talk about the men after this quick break. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slow Burn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival. You can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to love, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention.
one sharpshooter. He'll put it on the Cam floor Brown. and pull up for a deep three. Right now we Say it with your chest, Cam Brown. Your sharpshooter. He'll put it on the floor and pull up for a deep three. Right now we this is Dr. Camille inside HBCU Sports Lab. Man, if you're not watching uh, HBCU basketball, it's on you. It's your fault. You can fall in love with all this other stuff you want. Man, you talking about some big-time games, big-time matchups. Uh, I take, for those who don't realize, we got floor seats. Deuce and I, that's my son, seven-year-old. So he's spoiled. He sits in the suite also for both Texas Southern games, courtesy of uh, the VP of Intercollegiate Athletics, Kevin Granger, and then at Prairie View, he has a suite there too. And he thinks he, he owns it. He understands hashtag suite life. You can ask Mike. He will tell Mike. That's his chair. That's his space. He got a space outside, COVID everything, so he's in the air. Whether he's, it's cold out there, having stuff on, if it's warm, he out there. He got his band gear stuff together, hat, whatever that I allow him to take in there. And he sits in a certain chair. He Ask food to be brought to him. I'm like, man, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. <laughs> what you got going on? So we had the game. His mom, Alabama AM, bless her heart. She's uh the president of the Houston chapter. And so he's like, I gotta get the mom. She says she's at the game. So he's rushing. So we leave. So I'm watching this on the video. I just literally park in Texas Southern for coming from Prairie View, and the shot comes off. He's like, what was that? I say he hit the shot. So he's like, Ooh! he's all over the place in the back of the truck. He said, let's go, let's go. We come in to Texas Southern. They beat, they just beat down on Alabama AM. So it's crazy up there. There's also a big shot against AT. We're gonna start with the big style. Campbell did hit AT in terms of big shot. Um, so they're not showing them much love in terms of the big style. Uh tough weekend when you talk about AT. Tough, tough, tough weekend. Let's start with that. Uh, Hampton gets a big win over High Point. Overtime, 68-64 thriller there. A&T looks like they're going to get it done at home. Corbett Center, as they talk about, right? Club Corbett. Campbell says not so fast. Tough loss because you were looking up that they were going to be able to maybe uh, put in position against that game against Longwood to make it go down for the division championship. They go to two. Longwood is undefeated. They lose the camel on the shot. It's quiet in there. Ziggy, mm. Listen to it. Yeah, I watched. So that's the one thing I will say about having HBCUs in these multiple conferences is you have them playing over different days. So you have a chance to watch more games traditionally than I watched. So that happened on Saturday. You had Hampton lose big to Longwood. So that's the indication of maybe what's going on with Longwood is they look serious in terms of the business of Big South. Hampton dropped 73 to 49. So Hampton is struggling uh, quite a bit in many different ways, as you talk about. So in the standings, you have North Carolina AT at 42, four and two, excuse me, in conference race behind Longwood, which is 4-0. And, oh, and Hampton is at the bottom, sitting at one and four. Um AT is at 9-11 overall, overall, while Hampton is just five and eleven. Starting with you, my general thoughts on the Big South, big time games, buzzer, not Vita. Since we're looking at North Carolina AT to HBCU to lose at home, heartbreak hotel. Yeah, it's it's kind of a heartbreaker because Longwood is the top team. I think <clears throat> they're 10 and 1 overall or at home, but three and four on the road. You had a chance to maybe beat them what uh on the road. They're you know five and oh in the big south. So this was a chance, you know, that you know, I didn't see the shot, but I looked at like the you know, looked at kind of the the the, the prologue of the last four or five minutes. Oh, it was minutes. clean. It was clean, Mike. It was clean. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the shot, but man, AT had a, you know, they had a shot, but uh, unfortunately, no, they didn't. So, uh, Hampton. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. So, Hampton, and then Hampton, you know, one and four, you know, I don't know what to think of them because. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we 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 can leave Hampton out the later. They, they I, I can, the Maybe they can resurrect themselves over there because the Big South is not showing them any love as mm. they exit out the building. Mm. Jones, what are your thoughts in terms of Big South? Yeah, twenty nine game home win streak up in smoke. So wow, yeah, you get you just got to take your hats off to them. Those those buzzer beaters in college basketball 
they are uh, they are what they are. They rip your heart out. But uh, you know, kudos to Campbell going into a hostile environment and getting right. W. Uh, Twenty nine. That's 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 nothing to sneeze at. Uh, A&T, they're going to have to work on building that back up again. But uh, for one night, that mystique was broken. Yep. Yeah, great point um, as you make there in terms of that. Let's go into OVC Tennessee State. Just staying at the 500. They lost to Southeast Missouri State 85-63. to This is after they had beat them early, but they get trounced in this rematch, if you would. Um, uh, but then they get a big victory over Austin P. A close one, 65-61, so they get it done in terms of what's going on there. So uh, then they lose to Moorhead on Monday, make-up game, if you would, because they traditionally, again, play their Thursday, Saturday slot. So that's a lot of tired legs, and Moorhead, Moorhead State is playing pretty solid. They lose at 67-54. to 54. So, you again, you look at Tennessee State, they sit at 3-5, and 8-12 overall, just can't shake it and yeah. put a couple of games together in a row in terms of what's going on there. So let's get into the MEAC a little more um, in t- terms of what was some big matchups. I was excited going into these matchups in terms of what we were going to see in the MEAC. Uh, Norfolk is who we thought they were, if you allow me to use the They get it done. Um, solid contest. Good games, though, but they win at home. Uh, Norfolk State on Saturday over Cotton State, 84-77. Quietly, North Carolina Central is winning, 73-49 uh, over Delaware State. Big, solid wins. South Carolina State. Back winning again over Maryland Eastern Shore, 69 to 60. Then you had a big one, Howard and Morgan State, 91-82. Talk a little bit about, about Howard as they, they give up a 26-point deficit and allow Cobbin State to get it done at the end, winning 83 to 81. Another heartbreak, especially when you're up like that. And you see it coming down and just like nothing you can do. You just need one play here and there, and you can don't worry about it. How many points you up? You find a way and get the W, you're fine. North Carolina Central, as I told you, they continue to win 75 63 over Maryland Eastern Shore. South Carolina State got it done over Delaware State 64 62. But the big one was Norfolk State beating up a Morgan State 82 62. It was closer for most of the game, but you could tell the legs got tired for the Bears. They were out a couple of players for COVID. Um, and so tough loss there, but you got to give credit to Norfolk. They just find a way to get it done. So, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of these MEAC matchups on the men's side? The one that came st- stuck out for me was Coppin State and Howard. Uh, Coppin State fighting back and getting that win. Uh, Howard, they they they've shown me what I, I I thought to be a pretty good team. But you talk about this stat line, Doc. Ty Corbett, twenty five points, twenty two rebounds, eleven offensive rebounds. 11 defensive rebounds, one of them old Charles Oakley uh, stat lines from back in the day. <laughs> but uh, you talking about uh, being a monster against Howard. He had a huge game, big win for Coppin State, 3-1 uh, in, in, in conference play this far. Yeah, so Mike, Norfolk State sitting at 5-0. and Got a little cushion there. Um, they're 7-0 at home, so it's a tough place. If you're going to get them, you better get them uh, at your place. They're 14-4 overall, which is solid. You just don't see those kind of records this early in the season in, in, in uh, Division One basketball. They've won five straight, but you have North Carolina Central sitting at 2-0. and They won two straight games at 8-9, 4-0 at home them, themselves. So I'm interested in that matchup. Coppin State is quietly at 3-1, and 4-15 overall as they won a the game. But then we said keep your eyes on South Carolina State. Very intriguing team. It started out 0-2. They won two straight, so they're sitting at 6-2, and 10-10 overall. So – Intriguing to see what's going on there. One that you want to keep your eyes on Howard. They're playing really good. They're sitting at one and two. They lost those close matchups. Mm-hmm. Those, to me, a team that you want to be careful from because you know they're talented and their record is not showing in terms of conference play. Uh, but you go in there and you're not taking them well, they might beat you up. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? Well, let me start backwards. You said South Carolina State. They are playing good, but they have key, key losses to Morgan State and Coppin State. Yeah. Convincing losses. So I take them with a grain of salt. It's Norfolk State <laughs> right now and everybody else. Uh, Howard, you mentioned itself, close losses, but man, it's still Norfolk State. 7-0 and and uh, at home. They you, you might have a chance to stay on the road. Um, they're leading in at least four or five of the top statistics, at least year to date. So it's Norfolk State. Maybe North Carolina Central, and then everybody else has a has a puncher chance. 
Howard, I need to see a little bit more. Yeah, I think you get a point. I tried to set it up and maybe get some love out there, but I think you're right when you just talk about when you really break down and look at this Norfolk State, do they stub their toe? I still want to yeah. see that North Carolina Central and Norfolk State matchup. You know, these are teams that are perennial winners, and they don't like each other, so they're going to fight hard at each other. And the more games you see Central play, I think the better they're going to come together. Uh, obviously, you got to remember they had the big layoff, so it's kind of hard to see exactly where they are. And you're right. They're getting it done against teams at the bottom, but that doesn't mean that they can't get better. So I'm fascinated to see what that. Let's <laughs> jump over to the squat and, and really look in terms of what's going on here. Uh, when you talk about these matchups, look at some of the scores here to give you some indication of what's going on, on the men's side before you get in the records. FAMU over Alcorn State, 70 and 68. At that time, Alcorn had lost two straight. Um, you had Grambling over Valley. 68 to 64. Bethune Cookman over Jackson, 55 to 50. Prairie View over Alabama State, 70 to 67. Again, that was a buzzer beater. Uh, just like the uh, FAMU over Hawthorne was a buzzer beater. And you have Southern over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 99 to 51. Uh, Southern is putting up a lot of points. Yeah. yeah Texas Southern yeah. gets done against Alabama, Absolutely. 78 to 44. Then on Monday, you know, you have your flip, you have FAMU. Uh, defeating Jackson State 67 uh, 64. Quietly, FAMU is winning some ball games. Um, you had Alcorn State get right to ship. Close one, though, against Bethune Cookman as they went 70 67 to hold on and get it done there. Texas Southern got a big fighting matchup against Alabama State. They're playing a lot of basketball. They lost two in Texas, but both of those matchups were really close uh, 73 67. Southern outdoes themselves. They put up 99 on Saturday. They said, why not? Let's go 400. They get it done against why not? <laughs> 172. <laughs> Prairie View beats up on Alabama A&M 70 to 48. It wasn't that close. At one time in that game was 44 to 14. I don't know what's going on with Alabama A&M. They were playing better early, but they lost their weight. Grambling over Arkansas Pine Bluff 76-65. That's the matchup. Uh, sticking with you, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of what's going on in the SWAC? Don't look now, but there's like three teams that are five, two, five and two, or five and three. And then there's like another bunch that are, you know, either four and four or three and four. What's that tell you? Parity in the league, at least on the men's side for the SWAC. You know, the Southern is for real. You know, they, I think that what they have a, what, two, you know, Two, they've won four out of their last five. Their only loss was a snap-up to Grambling, in Grambling. And so, you know, Southern is coming to play. You know, they're leading the swag and all these statistics. Uh, and, but, you know, Preview's moved up in the middle of, uh, of the conference now. You know, Texas Southern's coming to play. You know, Grambling's coming to play, and they can beat a team on any given night. So there's parity in the league right now. Southern has the ups. You know, Grambling has, what, three, three three wins against Pine Bluff, Southern, and Mississippi Valley. I, I'll throw the Valley out because, you know, Valley. We talking about that. Valley's one in a million right now in the swag. So <laughs> we'll throw that one out. But you look, you look at what Grambling's done. You know, you got to watch out. There. There's four or five teams that can really come up and snatch this thing once you get to the conference. What I'm looking for is bench strength overall bench and who can survive these COVID postponements. You know, it's kind of like a game of attrition, but also competition on any given night. There's two, those are the two data points I'm looking at as we go through the season. To your point, obviously Prairie View on the men's side is the only one had to deal with the COVID forfeit. They did those first two games. One of them was against Southern and the other one was against uh, top ranked Alcorn State playing basketball. So it's not like they couldn't have won those games, but it's interesting. But speaking of a team, they have won three straight. They do have that loss uh, to Valley when you talk about Valley with the win. They have that loss. Coach Smith wasn't coaching in the game, so right. Prairie View is going to be just intriguing to me to watch what they're going on. But talking about Grambling, they've won three straight, sitting at five and two, one of those teams you mentioned. Along with Alcorn sitting at five and two, um, they did rebound, get the win, but they had lost two straight. So it's fascinating there. And, oh, by the way, fam, you. One of the teams that did beat Jackson, they won five straight after losing the uh, first two. They said they're five and two. So, Charles, you pointed your finger. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, the fighting LeBrons. The fighting LeBrons. They won five in a row. <laughs> you talk about MJ Randolph and Keith Littles. They're getting it done over there for family. Randolph. MJ Randolph. Yeah, he's one of uh, the leading scorer, I believe, in the swag. But uh, tough weekend for the Alabama schools. Uh, you take a look at Alabama A&M, very much expected more from from uh, from them and uh, out of the Texas two-step. They The rim was a mystery this weekend for Alabama A&M. Uh, Alabama State, tough loss at Prairie View on Saturday night. And uh, then an uh, even tougher loss. Uh, they never could quite get into it uh, against Texas Southern. They kept nipping at the heels but never could get over uh, the hump. And, you know, you know, emotions kind of boiled over a little bit for Alabama State Saturday night. Uh, uh, Coach Mo, Mo Williams got kicked out. They had another player uh, that was ejected. So just a frustrating weekend for Alabama State. But uh, shout out to Florida a yeah, they got it. They got something rolling over there. And then Texas Southern, that was uh, uh, the physicality of Prairie View and Texas Southern. That's something that I'm going to keep an eye on as we move further into February and getting into March. Uh, Bryson Gresham, uh, he's only going to get better. 11.16 rebounds uh, with Alabama State, but he's a rebounding machine, and they're physical. They're physical, buddy. So uh, it's going to be interesting watching both of those Texas teams moving forward because we know they kick it into another gear once we get into mid to late February. I love the points you're making. Thursday we'll get in the fact to, to basically talk about closing out, out the first half of the season. Can you believe it? Yes, you'll have nine games in after Monday when we come back and talk to you on that following Tuesday. But we'll get a chance on this Thursday to go in and talk about some of these key matchups, which are going to be fascinating because you have some rivalry games uh, with Texas Southern and Prairie View uh, down there on the hill. And then you have the Alcorn Southern game. So that's going to be fascinating. Somebody is going to get another loss, so it's going to get a chance to really either bungle back up or Southern gets a chance to maybe make a statement to say, yeah, y'all keep focusing on everybody else, but we're doing what we're doing, and we're going to close out this first half of the season. You better really get tight. a hand on Jaden Sadler. You better get a yeah, hand on Jaden so Sadler. Really, I'm really interesting and in see what goes on after um, this first matchup. So we'll get into a little more of that on Thursday to give you some uh, keys to look at some of the key matchups coming up uh, this Thursday, Saturday, and Monday in terms of all these Division One HBCUs. And then we'll also give you some updates in terms of the NIA, uh, SIAC, CIAA. We'll get in there and give you a little matchup in terms of what's going on there. Had some big games over there as well. As you start to see some teams separate themselves in the NIA and at the Division Two level in those respective conferences. That'll do it for us in terms of the games going on here. I did want to shout out, so we talked about SIAC, Kentucky State, uh, uh, Albany State in terms of the men's volleyball. Kentucky State earns their first win ever. Also saw that uh, program was in there, so it's fascinating to see uh, the getting it done on the volleyball, getting some good information out there. Limelight for the SIAC, fascinating a little bit there. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you sh- share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. What you want to say there, y'all? Yeah, National Signing Day right around the corner next Tuesday. <laughs> you just gonna throw that out there like that. You just gonna throw that out there like that, right? We got two shows before that comes out, but yeah, have everybody look for and see what that looks like. Whoa. I am Dr. Yasmil, the dean of HBC Sports, uh, coming from inside the lab in college. HBC Sports. We gonna throw that a little out there. Yeah, with Mike Watson. All the lab listeners, I see y'all getting in there and getting a shout out. Keep it going. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday, right here at six. So come back. We'll be in Thursday. We'll talk about those key matchups as we close out the first half of the SWAT. You know, we'll get into the MIAC as well as Big South and OVC in terms of Hampton, North Carolina, AT, and Tennessee State. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Uh, we look forward to you continue to check us out. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1, that is on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. Mike. Lecture. Dismissed.